Welcome, welcome. Hey, thank you guys so much for being here. Whether you're in our Waukesha campus, Pewaukee campus, our online campus, we are just so glad that you've chosen to spend your weekend here uh, with us at River Glen. I'm so excited. It's baptism weekend. uh, And we got some people across both campuses throughout the weekend who are going to be giving their lives to Jesus this weekend. Can we hear it for them? Come on, whether it's this service or the next service, whatever it is, we are so excited. It's going to be an amazing, amazing weekend. We cannot wait for that. Um, I want to jump right in uh, to the text that we're going to be unpacking today on this baptism weekend as we continue our new you series through the book of Romans, specifically chapters six through eight. And I want to jump right in. This is what Paul writes in the text we're going to be looking at today. Romans six, uh, starting verse three to four. You can read it uh, right here with me. It says this, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that, that God, right now, that, that you would be the most important thing in the room. God, whatever it is that we came in carrying today, God, stress, anxiety, God, struggles that we got going on, whether it be with ourselves, with with our family, you got everything going on in the world right now. God, I don't want us to forget about it, but instead, God, I just want us to give it to you. God, in this moment, would would you just speak to us? God, God, if there's people in here today who who maybe they didn't sign up for baptisms, but but God, they they know that, that that's their next step. God, I pray that you would speak to them. God, would you move in this place? God, would your spirit be so present? God, would you challenge all of us? Would you encourage all of us? So God, in this moment, we invite you to speak to us. And we thank you for allowing us to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I mentioned, we are continuing this new you series this week in being baptism weekend. I just want to be very candid. I know some of you maybe have, have signed up for baptisms or maybe you know somebody who signed up to get baptized, but I just know, I, I believe that, that there's, there's some more people here this weekend. I, I believe that there's some more people who, who, who haven't made that decision. You haven't made that, that step in your faith and that's, that's the next step. And so I wanna ask you, I, I wanna encourage you to just ask God wherever you're at to speak to you throughout this service. Shut me out. I don't care. You don't have to listen to me, right? Like, I ain't got that much good stuff to say, right? Just, just listen to what God has to say to you, right? I, I don't know why you didn't sign up. Maybe you were baptized as a baby, or maybe you're new to this faith thing. That's okay, right? But I just want to invite you in this moment to allow God to speak to you, whatever that may look like for you. Okay, so, so I'm excited to unpack this idea of baptism, looking through the text that I just uh, read here in Romans. And I want to start by asking a question. That question, the first question I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask a few. The first one is, what is baptism? What is baptism? Seems like a pretty simple question. And kind of looking back at what Ben mentioned last week when he talked about this death to our old 
Adam self, right? If you missed last week, you can watch our services online. Um, but he talked about this death to our old self, specifically our Adam self. And as we read the book of Romans, we see Paul making this correlation between Adam and Jesus, right? The first man and Jesus. And uh, so I got this little chart that, that I just want to look at. There's some things that we can look at Adam and Jesus uh, relating, right? Adam has this miraculous beginning, right? It's, it's dust and God breathes life into him and pff, there he is, right? And Jesus, same way, right? Uh, the Virgin Mary, right, conceived by the Holy Spirit, gives birth to Jesus. Both have a miraculous beginning. Adam is tempted in uh, the garden, the Garden of Eden, and he fails, right? And Jesus tempted in the desert, which is similar to a garden. It's almost like the fallen version of a garden, less flourishing, it, it, it's empty, it's void. But Jesus, different than Adam in his temptation story in the, the desert, he succeeds, right? He doesn't give in to temptation. And, and so with this, Adam is the head of a fallen humanity. The, the head of mankind, fallen, broken, uh, sinful, where all of us, sorry, I hate to break it to you, that's where we all are uh, in. That's, that's the one that we're born into. Uh, but Jesus comes in and, and, and he represents the head of a restored humanity. He represents the head of this restored humanity. And so that's why Paul writes about, there's so much death language in this text that I just read, right? He, he says this, he says, we join him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ, right? It's all in that language that Paul is using to depict that there's, there's a death happening for us. For those of us who have been baptized, there's a daily dying to our old selves. For those of us who, who may be getting baptized this weekend, there's a death that, that we go through of, of dying to our old Adam self, and that's why we baptize the way that we do. The, the going under the water, one, as, as representation of that death, but also because that's how, how Jesus was baptized. And it represents this burial, this immersion under the water, being buried and, and, and dying to your old self so that you can be raised into new life. And this new life is a free gift. Right, this is a free gift that, that Jesus freely offers us. And I think so often we, we complicate it. We're like, all right, what do I have to do? How many things do I have to memorize? Like how many times do I have checklists? Like we're taking your attendance here every weekend, right? So that you can encounter all these things that God has for you. No, it's free. And it reminds me, when I was in, when I was in middle school, my youth pastor was this hip older lady named Nugget right? I'm not making this up. I can't make that up, but uh, super cool lady, right? And, and she would give the gospel message uh, and, and she'd use this illustration where she'd pull out a $10 bill like this. And she would talk about Jesus and, and he loves you and he, he offers you this free gift. Just like I am, have this $10 bill for anybody who wants it. All you have to do is, is take it and receive what, what Jesus has for you. Just like this $10 bill that's right here. And me being me is like, well, okay then. And I walked up to the front and I snatched it and I walked back to my seat. And all the other kids are like, whoa, 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 is he allowed to do that? And Nugget's like, absolutely, that's the point, right? And, and so Nugget, right, in her, in her wisdom would give this message every single summer at the, at the summer bonfire. We'd go to the beach and we have the bonfire. And I knew it was coming every year, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. So I'm sitting there and she's giving the message. All the new kids are like, wow, I never thought about it like that. And I'm sitting there like, Let's go. I know when the $10 comes out every year. By the time I graduated eighth grade, I made like 30 bucks in youth group. So 
I'm just saying, like, the point was made. Some of y'all, sit down, relax. I'm not giving this to you, okay? This is mine, so I'm not, I'm not, we're not playing that here. But the point was made, and it was understood to me in that point that, you know, hey, I just need to accept it. See, salvation is, is God's job. The deed is done. The deed at the cross is over, right? That's why Jesus said, it is finished. And our response to accept it. Our response is to say, okay. There's nothing you have to do to earn it. You just have to say yes. You have to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, to this freely offered gift. Now, traditionally, baptism was, was kind of this more ceremonial cleansing, right? They would show up to the temple and they would have to be ceremonially cleansed so that they could then go and, and give their, their sacrifice or their, their burnt offerings. And that's not really how we do things today, right? Like we don't make you shower on, at, at right at the outside so you're clean and we're not doing any sacrifices or anything in here. Um, I mean, some of us just show up like no shower in our pajamas. And I love that. Keep doing it, okay? Keep doing it, please. But like, we're not doing it like that. But it's this idea of an of a internal cleansing. The idea of baptism is this idea of, hey, us being washed and made new. Because I believe that there's something powerful that happens under the water of baptism. Because what happens under the water is sacred. There's something happening under these waters. It's almost like a shedding of old skin a metamorphosis of our old self. It's a breaking of year-old chains. There's cries of defeat from the depths of hell, but there's also rejoicing and, and, and praising from the angels and God himself in heaven, all happening under the water. And when we rise, we we feel as, as though everything seems the same, we stand completely changed, completely transformed. And that's why I love that, that a part of life in Jesus requires death. And isn't that just like life, right? So often we believe that suffering is actually leading to death, but really when it comes to Jesus, suffering is actually leading to life. And so that's why death is a part of our story. It's a part of our transformation. We have to die to something. And, and we, may be, we may be failing in an area. We may be losing in an area. We may be wondering, God, why are you making me go through this right now? But it's so that life can happen on the other side. Life is the response to the death that we go through in baptism as we put to death our old self. That's what's happening. That's, that's the what in baptism is a death to our old self. So, so why? Why would we do this? That's my second question is, is why? Why do we get baptized? Well, first, I mean, Jesus said to do it, so I want to obey him, and Jesus did it, and I want to be like him. So, I mean, those are two pretty good reasons. But, but there's also a language that Paul's using here in the text. If you'll notice, he uses words like we were joined with Christ, or we joined him in his death, or, or we were buried with Christ. And then he says, right, we also may live. There's this idea of unity. There's, there's, this, there's this language of unification happening in the text surrounding baptism between us and God. 
That's why Jesus prayed in, in John 17. This is his like final prayer for his disciples. He says this, I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. May they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you've sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Unity was his prayer for us, not just with each other, but with God himself. That's why last week Ben used this illustration of, of a wedding ring, right? The wedding ring symbolizes this, this, this bond, this eternal circular bond, this commitment that's being made between a, a husband and, and wife. And, and I remember picking out my wedding ring, man. It was just, just like it was yesterday. I had so many ideas. Like I was on Pinterest and Instagram, all this stuff. I was looking at I found some deer antler rings, like some gun metal, like some cool wooden ones with nice little diamonds in them. I think at one point I was like, Babe, idea, what if we just like tattoo my finger at the ceremony? And obviously that got shut down real quick. Uh, that didn't happen. She wasn't about that. Uh, so I ended up finding a ring that was like 70% off of a 50% off ring. And I was like, broke college student, let's do that one. Uh, so I settled and, and picked the ring. But, but right, I, I don't just wear this ring on that day, right? I wear it every day. And in the same way, baptism is, is the symbol of our relationship, our unification, our joining with Christ. But it's not just something that happens today. You see, see, you being saved, you being transformed into the likeness of Christ, it's not something that happens on the day of baptism. And, and for those of you who, who have been baptized and would, and would call yourself Christians, it's not something that only happened on that day, right? That's why I wear this ring every day. So that as I go about my life, it would be made known that, hey, I'm not like walking around holding it up, you know what I mean? But like it would be known that I'm in a committed relationship. And, and that should be the same way for us when we step into relationship with Jesus. When we go through this, this ceremony and symbol, this, this ring ceremony, this baptism ceremony, right? We don't take the ring off after the wedding. We go and, and live in a way that points back to our partner. And in the same way, for those of us who would call ourselves Christians, or especially for those of you who may be making that decision today for the first time to step into relationship with Jesus, I don't want us to just look at it as that moment that I accepted the Lord, but rather say, okay, okay, how can I now be transformed into his likeness? Is my commitment, is my relationship that I'm in, is it actually changing the way that I live? Am I talking different? Am I living different? Am I interacting with, with people different? And if we're in our faith, right, this is the challenge. But, but if you're new to faith, I wanna encourage you to allow God to step in and transform you so that when you find yourself in a dark season, you know, okay, I have hope, I have Jesus, I can remind myself, I'm not gonna let the darkness get the best of me, right? When you find yourself in a stressful situation, you can know, okay, the God I worship is the God of peace, right? And so I can, I can cover myself in his peace. When you feel broken, you can surround yourself with the love of Christ. When you feel lost, you can remember that you are a child of God. Come on, in every 
every season, are you living like you're in a relationship? Does it change the way you love people? Does it change the way you serve? Does it change the way that your table and your home is open to people who look different than you? Is it transforming us? I hope so. For those of you stepping in today, I hope it does. I want you to allow God, not just today, but every day, step into our lives and transform us because when we join him, we become more like him. When we join him, we become more like him, right? That's why Jesus says, for the sake of the world, so that the world may know. I want you to live so that the world would know. Are you living so that the world would know? Or from here, go living in a way that says, hey, I'm, I'm gonna flaunt my ring. <laughs> I'm gonna strut my faith so that the world would know. I love how, how author Eugene Peterson puts it in his message translation of the Bible. He says, if we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house? Didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good. That's what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. And when we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. And when we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we are going. Come on, I love this. In our new grace-sovereign country. Grace-sovereign country. Can I remind you that, uh, that when you step into a relationship with Jesus, you're not stepping in to, to a relationship where, where your sin is sovereign, where your past is sovereign, where your current mistakes are sovereign. You're not stepping into this, to this country where, where you're just the same old you who does the same old things and your, your anxiety has the final say, your loneliness has the final say, your addictions have the final say. That's not what we're stepping into. It says your, your, your grace sovereign country. And so where we are going into this new life with Jesus is grace. It's great. That's it. You're stepping in to grace. Everything falls under grace. And so my final question for us today, what's baptism? Why should we get baptized? But who? Who? Who's supposed to get baptized? In this letter in Romans, Paul's writing to a church in Rome, right? Pretty, pretty easy there. Uh, and so he's writing to these, this church in Rome, and it's full of, of Gentiles and, and Jews and all kinds of different people who have, who have different beliefs about who God is. They, they don't really have anything in common except that they are believers. That's it. They're believers. They believe in Jesus. They believe in, in this God that we worship, right, who came and died on the cross and rose three days later. They, that's what they believe. He's writing to believers. And so, so the answer is believers, but the answer is also 
all people, right? All people being believers, all people. That's why, that's why Jesus said in his great commission in Matthew 28, go to all nations, right? Go tell all people, go tell everybody. I, I want everybody to, I want to have a relationship with everybody. I love how he puts it. He has this conversation with this guy named, named Nicodemus in, in John chapter three. Uh, it said, Jesus is like, hey, I tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And, and Nicodemus, our guy Nick, old Nick here is like, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? I don't blame Nicodemus, right? That's a good question. Like that's valid, okay? It's like, I'm with Nick here. Like what you talking about, Jesus? All right, so Jesus is like, hey, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Jesus is saying, hey, I want all people. I want all people who, who would say that they are believers, that they would accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, and that happens through the water of baptism and through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment. So who should be baptized? You should be baptized. Everyone, all nations, all, all people from all walks of life, all believers. Now, let me encourage you with something. Notice how there's, there's no other right precursor to believer. There's no other qualification, right? It doesn't say sinless believer. It doesn't say, say a, a believer who, who, who's not addicted anymore. It doesn't say perfect believer. It doesn't say believer who studied the Bible their entire life. It doesn't say believer who's memorized the entire, the entire Bible. It doesn't say believer who's got it all figured out. It doesn't say believer who's ready. It doesn't say believer who, who knows everything, who, who stopped doing the thing that they know they shouldn't. It just says believer. So, so there's no point in, in, in saying, right, so many of us, and I hear this so many times, and, and I want to encourage you with this, that, that, that we say like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just not ready. Or, or you know, I'm just, I'm just not there. Let me encourage you. There's never a better time. You'll never be ready, right? Because, because if you could figure God out, if you could figure it all out before Jesus, let me encourage you with this. There wouldn't be a point for him. Right? I don't want to worship a God that I can figure everything out. Right? It wouldn't be that great of a God. And, and so if you feel like today, hey, you know what? I, I'm just not ready. I get that. I, I, those feelings are real and they're valid. But let me encourage you. Right? When I got married, dude, I didn't, I was not ready. I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't half the time, right? Like, it's just every day. You know what I knew? I knew that I loved my wife. I knew that she made me better. And I, I knew that there wasn't a day in the future that I wanted to be without her. That was it. That's all I knew. And I believed in that relationship. So I said, all right, here we go. Here goes nothing. Right? Like, let's go for it. That's all God's saying. He's like, hey, hey, I don't, I don't need you to figure it out. I don't need you to get ready. I'm just saying, hey, come on. I'll figure it out with you. You don't have to get perfect for me. See, see, here's the thing. You don't have to get ready for Jesus because Jesus is already ready for you. He's ready right now with open arms and he's saying, come, just come. That's the qualification. It's just being a believer. Saying, you know what? I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds it. Hey, you know, I don't have my life figured out, but I believe that there's a God that I can trust and that I can cling to. And that's why, right, Paul is, is, is using this language of, of, hey, believers, 
all of us believers, this is what it means. It's like that old proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, right? Have you heard that one? But the second best time is right now. So if you're there, if you're new to this whole Jesus thing, I want to encourage you. The best time is right now. It's today. Let's figure it out later. Let's answer all these questions you have later. But but right now, let's just say, God, I'm ready. I want to step into relationship with you. There's one last Adam and Jesus illustration that I want to look at before we, before we wrap up this message. And I'm reminded in Genesis when, when Adam is, God sees Adam, right? And he says, ah, it's not good that, that he's alone. I, I want to give him a helper. I want to give him a, a, a person, right? And, and so he puts Adam to sleep, okay? And, and, and then while Adam's asleep, he, he takes a rib. And then he makes a bride for Adam, and when Adam wakes up, he, he sees his beautiful bride and he looks at her and he starts quoting Drake and Marvin Gaye and Shakespeare. He's like, what's up, girl? You know, like he sees his girl and he's like, oh my gosh, like what? And he's like, and he names her, right? He goes, whoa, man. <laughs> no, he, he probably, woman, I don't know. I, I like to look at it as, whoa, man, all right. Like, no, so he, woman right? He names her. He, he goes to sleep. A, a rib is taken. And he, and he wakes up and he has a bride. And then he names her. And in the same way, Jesus, after, after living a perfect sinless life for 33 years, he gets put to sleep. Except this sleep isn't sleep. It's, it's death. And it's interesting that a part of his crucifixion, he gets stabbed in the side, in his ribs. And he gets put to death. And, and when he wakes up, he also has a bride. You see, Paul refers to us in some of his other letters as the bride of Christ. And so when Jesus looks at us, he, he's looking at us as his bride, as the one that he wants to join in a relationship with, just like Adam saw his bride. But look, right, right, Adam gave her a name. He said woman, and, and woman, right, was its own name. Woman and man, they're different, but they're similar, right? Like they're different, but similar. And in the same way, Jesus wants to give you a new identity that, that's individually yours, but you share it with him. Like man and woman, there's something similar, but individual happening. It's the same way. So when God sees you, he, he's seeing his son, Jesus. That's, that's why it says that we are image bearers. So that's why we call ourselves, for those of us who are believers, Christians, right? Little Christs, Christians. There's this identification of unity, this identity that we receive in Jesus. And later, Later, Adam gives his, his, his wife a, a real name. He, he doesn't just call her woman forever, right? Men don't do that. Uh, he gives her a new name, right? And he names her Eve. And that name Eve in Hebrew is translated to mean living. And in the same way, when Jesus looks at you, he says, wow, man, you're special. Wow, you're beautiful. 
I know you don't see it. I know you see brokenness. I know what you hate when you look in the mirror. I know you see your past. I know you see your present mistakes. I know you see what you were doing last night. Man, you're beautiful. And he gives us identity. And he gives us a name. And that name is living. He wants to give you a living Identity. He wants to pull you out of death and out of brokenness. He wants to break those chains that you've been carrying. And he wants to say, come to me and live. That's why Paul writes, now we also may live new lives in Jesus' name. We too have a new identity. But let me encourage you with something. See, see, at baptism, right, you don't become, there's nothing special about that water, right? I, I don't want to ruin it for you, but there's nothing special, right? There's not a special type of chlorine, right? So at, at baptism, right, you're not becoming loved at baptism. You already are. You're, you're not becoming special at baptism. You already are. You're not becoming an image bearer at baptism. God already looks at you and he sees uh, you, an image bearer. And, right, and in this moment, you're stepping into your identity as a child of God. He's saying, no, you weren't, you're not loved now. You already are. And that's the call that beckons me every day to step into this living identity that he has. So I wanna invite you now to live. Whether you're signed up, right? right for those of you who are signed up, we celebrate with you. And this is gonna be such a, an amazing day, but, but I know there's some people here this weekend who you're not signed up. You know, maybe you were, you were baptized as, as a baby and that was something that your parents did for you. I wanna encourage you to, to make this decision today for yourself. And, and I don't think that it negates what your parents did for you. I think it actually affirms it. I, I think it, it affirms these prayers that your, your parents had for you all these years. Or maybe you're just hesitant or, or you're new to this faith thing. I wanna encourage you, like I said, hey, you don't have to have it all figured out. Right, maybe, maybe you're just too new and you're like, well, I don't know, it's just not the right time. Like, no, come on, hey. There's never a better time than right now. You want a picture of it? We got cameras. You want a video? We'll take a video, right? Hand somebody your iPhone, whatever. We'll, we'll get some documentation of it. You need a shirt, shorts, undergarments, whatever. We got it all. We have everything you need. Just come. And that's what, what, what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, just come. Maybe, maybe right now you're thinking, okay, like I've never done it, but this guy's not talking to me. No, come, come on. Like right now, Saying, I'm done. God, I'm done living in the brokenness. God, I'm done living in my old Adam self. God, I'm, I'm, I'm done feeling worthless. God, I want to step into relationship every single day. But in this moment right now, I want to make that public declaration that, God, you're doing something inside of me. And God, I don't have the answers. I don't even know what tomorrow looks like. But God, I know that right now you're enough. I know that right now you're all I need. And I know that right now, God, this is a moment that I'm done. I want to live. I want that new identity. God, I want to join you. And you know what? I believe that God's looking at you and he's saying, yeah, 
I want to join you too. I want to be in relationship with you. So I want to invite you, wherever you're at, whatever campus, whether you're watching online, you know, you can fill out a connect card and, and we'll have a pastor get in touch with you. There's a link provided by our host and, and you could drive here. I had, a, I had a student once listen to the 9 a.m. service on Sunday and drove here in time to get baptized at 1030. Come on, that's what I'm saying. It, it, you know, there's a calling right now. Pewaukee, Dave's ready for you. Here at Waukesha, we're ready for you. Just come. Step in to living. It's time. In a moment, we're, we're going to watch a video of a friend of ours named Nikki who's going to share a little bit about her story of baptism. But before we do that, I want to invite uh, all of you to stand with me. And uh, if you're getting baptized today, this is, you know, especially for you. But, but if you would call yourself a Christian and a believer, um, I want to encourage you to join us in, in saying this statement of faith. And, and if you believe this, this, you know, say it with me. If you believe this, um, would you say this with me in just a moment? But, but here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to say this and, and I'm going to pray and we're going to watch this video and then we're going to worship some more. And we're going to sing a song called, called Graves into Gardens. And, and it's looking at the idea that, right, lyrics say, hey, hey, God, you turn mourning into dancing. You turn bones into armies. You turn graves into gardens. And just like the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, I, I would say, just like you, the best time to plant yourself is right now, to plant yourself in a relationship with Jesus that becomes a flourishing garden that is breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. And so if you believe this statement, I, I want you to say it with me, and then we'll worship and we're going to celebrate some baptism. Is that okay with y'all? All right, you guys can repeat after me. I believe that Jesus died for my sin and raised from the dead, and I accept him as my Lord and Savior. You guys can be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you. God, thank you for what you're doing in the lives of people here today. God, thank you for what you're doing in our community. God, God thank you for the, the, the unity that you want to have with us. God, we look at ourselves and we think, no way, we're, we're unworthy. But God, you look at us and you say, yeah, yes, you're my child. I want a relationship with you. And so God, right now, I believe that something's stirring in the hearts of people. And so God, I just want to invite you to move. God, if, God, if, if, that's, if, if they're here today, God, would you speak to them? God, would you take their hand? Would you, would you walk them into the waters with you? God, they don't have to have it all figured out, but God, just right now. Would you speak to them? Would they believe, would they accept, God, that you are who you say you are, that you died so that we could live? Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you for who you are to us. It's in Jesus' name, amen.